You're listening to teaching from Central Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. We hope that this message will help you experience Jesus in a new and exciting way. For more information, please visit us at centralnazarene.org. Uh, on the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens. Thank you. Three French hens. So today, um, my wife, hopefully uh, she's going to find me some French hens. I'm not sure where you get French hens. Probably France. Probably. Uh, I've never been. Um, I've, I've lost my water, but that's okay. I hope that you have been able to enjoy this Christmas season, this Advent season. I hope that you've been able to enjoy this year, at least in part. In just a few days, we're going to turn over the calendar again. It seems like 2020 started uh, a week ago. Uh, And also, it seems like it's the longest year in history. (laughs) What a year it's been. But God is good. Amen? Usually, before the start of the new year, we would talk about excitement and possibilities that a new year typically brings. And it's an interesting tradition that in many ways doesn't make a lot of sense considering the only thing about a new year is that we're just, again, we're just flipping a calendar. Or in many cases, we're throwing one calendar away and putting up a new one. (laughs) And we celebrate. New calendar. Um, We have a a, we have a dry erase calendar uh, on our, in our kitchen that we've, we've been using for uh, uh, since we've been married. And um, there were a couple of times this year where the month changed and my calendar said, for example, it said August. We were well into September and my calendar still said August. And I thought, oh boy, I really forgot what time it is here. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever just forgotten? You know, like, man, what day is it? I don't know. It's Tuesday. No, friend, it's Sunday. That's kind of how this year has been, um, especially for, uh, for those of us who've, uh, a lot of times we've been stuck at home or stuck in home, and especially those of you watching online, we, um, we've had an interesting year. As I've gotten older, I have fallen more and more in love with the Christmas season. And uh, it, has, it has nothing to do with gifts. And that, I think, is the, the greatest part about how the Christmas season has become so much more for me. Um, for one, I've, I've come to truly understand how much more blessed it is to give than to receive. Uh, as the scripture says. Um, but the cheer, the Christmas cheer begins in November for me. Uh, true, well, really, it's a little before um, the end of October, but, but usually November, I've started Christmas music everywhere. Uh, and I know our pastor has uh, talked a lot about how he's using, he's got Christmas music on uh, for like months before Christmas. And I used to think, Pastor Brent, what in the world? Christmas music, it's September. It's 90 degrees outside. Um, Usually it's 
70 to 90 degrees on Christmas, but this year it was nice. This year it was nice. For, well, if you like cold like me, I, man, I really loved it. Every time I walked outside, I was like, wow, I'm freezing. Let's go back in. But the Advent season, the entire Christmas season, uh, I, only just, I only just learned a few years ago that the 12 days of Christmas begins on Christmas Day. I had no idea that the first day of Christmas was actually Christmas. I thought it was December 13th or whenever it was. But typically, so we're actually going to be celebrating Christmas well after the New Year, friends. Amen? Why not, right? The lights, the feel, the smell. First off, the smell. Candles, frankincense, myrrh, all of that. Man, the smell just brings me into a different place. But for many people, as, as we know, maybe even some of you, and maybe you know people in your life where the Christmas season is not that time. It's not that time of, of exuberant joy and happiness and fun. It's filled with grief, sadness. This morning, I want to talk about the topic of Lent. Sorry, not Lent. That's a couple months from now. That's February. See, I've already started. I've already started. I'm it's December 27th. I'm in February. Lament. I want to talk about lament this morning. Lament is a special prayer language. I've found myself saying quite a few times this year that this is going to be a year to forget. Can you just take a breath in? Oh, let it out. Oh, man. When I think of this year, that's all I want to do is just, just let it out. I said this is going to be a year to forget, and unfortunately that's not true. The experiences of, of this year in 2020 have impacted us, not just nationally, but globally. And even though the calendar is going to turn over a new year in just a few days, the issues and the experiences that we have all faced this year... They're going to be right there to meet us on Friday or Saturday, whichever day is January 1st. We're not out of the woods. We're not out of the woods. I've never been, well, this isn't true. Uh, as an adult, I can't remember a time where I have been walking in the woods and I've gotten lost. But at some point in your life, have you walked in the woods and gotten lost? Me and John, a few of you, okay, yeah, we'll take this. Um, my dog and I and my wife sometimes, we, we have this trail in our, our back behind our yard um, in the woods. Uh, and we love to, my dog especially loves, Jules loves to go all through the trails and just sniff and, and all of this. And, and we always kind of think, what would happen if she got off the leash? Would she find her way back? Would she know how to come back home? Uh, and most of us will say, uh, I know Kate believes that, yeah, she'll initially, she'll, some, she'll find her way. I think that girl is gone. She, when she gets off the leash, she is gone. She's out of here. Um, but I, I, I think that at some point, We can get off track. 
We can get off track. We can forget where we are. You take one turn, and then you take another turn, and all of a sudden you have no idea where you are, especially when you're in the woods, especially in the woods. One time, Kate and I were hiking at the Harbison State Forest, and uh, we had never been there together, uh, and we did not have water. We thought it was going to be a quick hike. Uh, it didn't take long for us to realize it was not a quick hike, and we had no idea where we were. We lost the, so yes, I have gotten lost as an adult. Now I remember. We, we lost sight of the markers on the trees, uh, and it was just, we didn't see another human. It was really funny how long it took us to get back. And by the time we got back, we were exhausted, we were tired, and of course we were thirsty. Probably dehydrated, I don't know. But if you've ever been in the woods, thank you, Chandler. He brought me some water. If you've ever been in the woods and if you've ever gotten lost, then you know that there's a certain point where you realize, I'm not out of the woods yet because I have not gotten out. I can't see, <laughs> I can't see the entrance. I can't see the way out. So we are not out of the woods yet. We're not lost, we're not wandering, but we're in the thick of it. I saw a joke this week um, that usually I would really appreciate because I use humor as a defense mechanism. It's part of my personality. It's not the best thing, but uh, I love to uh, make fun of just myself, my circumstances, just to kind of get them, you know, lighten up the mood. Uh, I love humor, and this joke said, um, it was just making light of the year, uh, it, was, it was making light of the year saying, hey, remember the toilet paper crisis? That was so long ago, right? That was so long ago. But the more that I thought about just that simple, just completely innocent thought, the more I just got upset that we've, we can boil this down this year down to this event of man it's been a wacky year remember the toilet paper crisis what a year right but as of saturday yesterday the second day of christmas we in the united states have lost 330,000 lives to a virus that is new to us and over 1.73 million lives across the world has been lost. Life as we know it, life as our neighbors and friends know it, has been drastically uprooted and shifted. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Small businesses are closing all around us. We've been severely isolated and disconnected for nine months. Our children are learning how to go to school in front of a screen. And if they are able to go into school, we are wearing masks and we are disconnected. <laughs> My man. <laughs> Thanks. He brought me three. Oh, that's good water. A year ago, we did not expect what was going to happen. A year ago, we were thinking 2020 vision. 
It's a good pun to start the year, amen? 2020 vision. And even thinking about that, we, uh, uh, Pastor Brent Lakin and I, we were talking a while ago um, about you know, what, what, what kind of series are we going to do as we start the new year? And, and again, my joking self came up and I said, hindsight is 2020. That's going to be the first sermon of the new year. And it's free. There you go. Hindsight is 2020. I'm just kidding. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do that. But this year we've had to be flexible. We've had to bend. This year, perhaps more than any other, we've seen the rich get richer. I hate when they put out these lists of the the most rich person or the billionaires and things like that. I'm like, please stop doing this. I don't want to see, we, why, do we, why do I want to see that? It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not entertainment. The rich have gotten crazy richer and the poor have gotten poorer. That has been another part of this year. We've lived through a full year of unprecedented history. And it's interesting how quickly... Life can change. Out of nowhere, life can shift, can flip. My best friend, um, he's, a, he's a pastor in Alabama. His dad was also a pastor. He, um, he was diagnosed with, he was misdiagnosed with Parkinson's close to two years ago, and from then he deteriorated rapidly, and then they finally figured out what it was. It was a very rare uh, brain disease, and he uh, unfortunately uh, passed uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Life changes, and we all go through changes, right? We all experience these shifts in life. Some are good, some are bad, And my reaction to the ending of this year is not, unfortunately, one of excitement or of cheer. I'm not thinking about the first of the year with this excitement. Yes, 2020 is over. Because, as I said before, it's, it's, what we're living through is not over. The date on the calendar is over, yes, but what we're living through is not. Because life does not just change like that for the better. It can. I actually just said that. Uh, but our circumstances don't just go away. They don't always just go away like that. So as we go into a new year, we're still carrying the year behind us. We're still carrying the life that we lived behind us. And so my reaction to the ending of 2020 is not one of excitement or glee or cheer or gladness, but one of lament. In Scripture, we see that Lament is a language of prayer. It is an expression of sorrow, grief, even regret. And it's not usually something we talk about. It's not usually something that we really hear preached about because it's, you don't want to come to church and just get down. <laughs> we, we don't want to come to church and read lamentations because it's not really exciting, is it? But today, we're going to read from Lamentations. And also from the Psalms. 
The book of Psalms uh, has 40, over 40 psalms of lament. And I mentioned, of course, the book of, the book of Lamentations, which is a book made of laments. Ecclesiastes is written in a similar language. If you've read it, you know, wow, this is, this is really interesting. Everything is meaningless. Okay. Well, that's in the Bible. That is Ecclesiastes, friends. But I think of lament, the prayer language of lament, when I consider that, man, I know one of my typical responses on a Sunday morning is, I've got to just, I've got to be okay. Right? I've got to be okay. Things have got to be okay. So I'm going to, I need to put on the face and make sure that everybody knows that, guys, it's okay. Everything is okay. And so we, not just Sunday, but just a lot of days, we just pretend that everything is okay. A lot of times we do it for the sake of others. A lot of times we do it in the, in the, uh, in the spirit of fake it till you make it, that kind of thing. But I think of lament when I consider the pain that we deal with in life and the pain that we've experienced this year all in different ways. We're all living with some form of, of pain and, and some form of sorrow that may be different from one another, but we still are experiencing it. We still have to experience life because that is life and this is life. And so I want to turn to Psalm chapter 13. If you have your Bibles, you can open them there. We'll have it on the screen back here. Psalm chapter 13. Wait. I'm in Psalm 77. Yes, go to Psalm 13. It's page 572 in my Bible, if that helps. Psalm chapter 13. Maybe you've heard prayers like this before. Maybe you've read scriptures like this before. Maybe you've said prayers like this before in your own heart. Verse 1. How long, Lord? We could stop right there. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long, O oh Lord? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But, here's that glorious, but, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for He has been good to me. Amen and amen. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We read prayers like this and we think, wow, how in the world? I, I read something like this and I just think, how can you say that? How can you say that? That is, just, that is a wild thing to say, right? But this is a prayer of lament. 
I read in, in, in preparation for this message uh, a, a article from a, from a pastor named Mark Rogope, who's written a book on lament called Discovering the Grace of Lament. And he shared that in, in prayers of lament, there are typically four themes of a prayer of lament. And they are as follows. One, turning to God. Two, bringing your complaint or request. Three, asking boldly. And four, choosing to trust. And we can see these four themes in a lot of the Psalms of Lament. And we'll just look specifically at this one we just read. That we see the writer, uh, David, is, is writing. He's turning to God. The first thing he does. How long, Lord? He turns to God. How long, Lord? He brings his complaint, his request, all through verses 1 through 4. He asks boldly, will you forget me forever? How long, Lord? How long, Lord, will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Have you ever had a point in your life where verse 2 has been how you felt? Were you wrestling with your thoughts that sorrow is in your heart, that it seems to be just overwhelmingly taking over? How long, Lord? Ask boldly, look on me, Lord, and answer. And then choose to trust. This is the part that makes the prayer of lament such a special prayer. And it makes it much different than just complaining or venting or just fill in the blank. Whatever you do to, 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 to deal with your... With, with, with sorrow and sadness and anger and all of that, this is where it's different. You start with God and you end with God. You focus your request, your pain, your hurt, all of it. You focus all of that to God. Take it to the Lord first. And choose to trust. Choose to trust In a lot of these psalms that you'll read through the book of Psalms and, and in, 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 in Lamentations, you'll read all of these things. How long, Lord? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Remember Jesus prayed those words on the cross. In these psalms of lament, we have this ending, but I trust in your unfailing love, and my heart rejoices in your salvation. And I'll sing your praise. My soul is downcast. We read things like that in Scripture. And, and, and I want to share, I didn't, I didn't give it to Tyler, but, but I want to share uh, Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated, and my spirit grew faint. But you kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and my spirit asked, Will the Lord reject forever? 
Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then, then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all of your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. But I will remember the works of the Lord. See, here's the thing about sorrow. We've all experienced sorrow. Sorrow can create a deadly silence as we give in to despair, saying things like there's no hope, or even denial, saying that everything is fine. But lament invites us to dare to hope in God's promises as we ask for his help. Dare to hope in his promises as we ask for his help. Because God's been faithful before, and because he's been faithful before, we know and trust and believe that he will be faithful again. And I dare to say that even if even if there's no more blessing from God that I can see for the rest of my life, he's been more good to me than I could ever have asked. He's been more, way more good to me than I could have ever asked. Thanks be to God. Lament turns toward God when sorrow tempts us to run from Him. In our pain, in our sorrow, we can be tempted to run away from the source of life. We can be tempted to run away from the source of joy that, that withstands the pain, the sorrow, the hurt, all of it. The, the joy that can lead us to a place where we can remember and we can trust that God is faithful. We can trust that God is faithful. In scriptures like the Psalms of Lament or even the book of Lamentations, we read of heartbreak and disappointment. These writers are not saying, everything is great, Lord, you've blessed me, I'm highly favored, all of that good stuff. These writers are saying, they're saying things, why have you forgotten me, Lord? How long will you turn your face from me? The thing that I've come to understand about the writers of old is they had no, well, maybe they had had fear, but in their writing, it seems they were not afraid. They were not afraid to give God their unaltered pain and frustrations. They were not afraid to tell God exactly how they felt, exactly what was going on in their heart. They cried, how long, O Lord? Why have you forsaken me? And we know enough of the story to, to understand that, that truly God has not forsaken us. He will not forsake us. But these writers of old, they grieved. They mourned. Turn to God. Bring your complaint 
your request. Ask boldly. Choose to trust. There's the big word that we need to remember that we can find throughout Scripture. We saw it a few times in this, in this passion, passage. It is the word yet. Even though all of this is going on around me, even though everything seems to be falling down, and even though yet I trust in you, I have hope in you. Even though life is not as it should be, as we would say, yet I still trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I still believe, I still have faith that God is good. Now, I'm not saying all of this in a, in a sense of saying that, friend, if you're in pain or if you have sorrow or disappointment, I'm not saying that you need to push that down or push it to the side because that is unhealthy. That's the thing, you, you bottle up your emotions. What happens when you bottle, you know, if you put Mentos in Diet Coke, what happens? Right? It explodes. The, the more that we push our feelings of, of, of sorrow, sadness, pain, anger, all of it, the more that we push it away and not deal with it, the more uh, combustible we can become. I'm not saying to push all of it aside. That, has, that is not a prayer of lament. I'm not saying that we need to hide our pain or our sorrow or our disappointment either. Because that doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do me any good. That's denial. Pretending that everything is fine. Hiding it. Trying to just, you know what, it's still there. I'm just going to walk away. It's pretend that everything's fine and not deal with it. That is denial. We need to deal with it. We need to sit with it and live with it. We need, to t we need the time. We need to take the time, friend, to mourn our losses. We need to take the time to grieve what is not going right. I'm, 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 it's choosing to hope without seeing an answer. And friends, that is the epitome of faith. One of the things that I love so much about this place that we call home, South Carolina, at least I call home, um, our state motto, Dum Spiro Sparrow, while I breathe, I hope. While I breathe, I hope. If that is not an accurate reflection, oh my. While I breathe, I hope. Friends, while you have breath in your lungs, as long as you are here, there is hope. We talked about it the entire Advent season. Every year we, we anticipate the birth of Jesus. We read through the story and it is full of hope that over all of these centuries they'd waited for a Messiah. And here we go, he's born. Hope is here. Hope is alive. But unfortunately, for most of them, it, it didn't arrive the way that they wanted it to. Hope may have been there, yes. Salvation was there, yes. But it wasn't what they wanted. And of course, that's why they killed him. The writer of Lamentations writes this. If you spend some time in the book of Lamentations, you will get a little bit down. But 
this is one of the beautiful passages that comes out of the book of Lamentations. In chapter 3, verses 19 through 24. I remember my affliction. I remember my wandering. The bitterness and the gall. I remember them well. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet, there it is again. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. How long, O Lord? Even if you don't answer me, I'm still going to wait on you. I'm still going to say, great is your faithfulness. You are God. (laughs) My ways aren't His ways. Amen? I know if it were up to me, man, things would be perfect. Great. But it's not up to me. And I don't have that kind of power, influence, or authority. So we just have to continue to live with what we've got, right? But even still, I'm sorry, camera people. I'm moving around way too much. Caden is back there. I'm sure you're, you've got the... If you guys don't know, in our camera area, we have this joystick, and you have to... If you move it, if you just tap it, it'll... It's really interesting. Um, even in the valley, God is faithful. I keep coming back to that line from, 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 from that old song, even in the valley, God is faithful. And friend, the God who is on top of the mountain with you, when everything seems to be going right, friends, the God who is there with you is the same God who is down deep in the valley when you feel like there's no hope. When you feel that there is no answer, that there will be no good coming out of all of this, when life as you know it is completely in shambles. God is the same God who is on the mountain. And He's in the valley with you. Friend, where you are today, God is with you. Where you are today, God is with you. Emmanuel. And His name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. Over this last year, um, I've made a a habit of uh, writing my prayers. This is a new practice um, that I've not done often until this past year. Um, Anybody keep a journal? um, I've tried over the years. I have one journal. um, It's on a desk somewhere or in a bookshelf somewhere. Uh, I started years ago, I think 2011. Um, There's a lot of pages in it. And uh, I rarely ever wrote in it. If something big would happen, I would go back to that old journal and write, this date, this happened. Um, there's, there's probably one to two pages per year over the last nine years. It's really interesting. But this past year, I've, I, I resolved that I was going to write my prayers. I 
I don't really enjoy going back into the dates and looking at things, but sometimes I do um, because I know that, that, you know, it's one way to remember on this day, this is what I was wrestling with, you know? And on this day, this is what I was released from. Things of that nature. How God has, has continued to answer prayer. So, this past year, there have been a lot of, of prayers of lament. There have been a lot of prayers of lament as, as I've written um, in, this, in this journal of prayers. And, and what I have come to believe to be true about God is that God is not... God is not afraid of, of prayers like this that we read in Scripture. That God is not going to take away our, our salvation because we choose to come to Him and say, Lord, life is not going well, man. This is hard, Lord. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. And sometimes our prayers are broken pieces. Sometimes our prayers are, we can't even get out the words. And sometimes our prayers are rehearsed. And sometimes our prayers are just silence. Every word that we say to God. Everything that we bring to God. He hears. He hears us. Friends, God is faithful. God is faithful. Friend, you and I I think that we've gotten really good at being able to just hide the pain and the disappointment and just the everyday mess of life. Because I, I know for me, I don't, want to, I don't want to make anybody more sad than they should be, right? I don't want anybody to, to have to deal with, with all of my pain that's in the backpack, right? I don't, I don't want that. So I, I, I want to, you know, how can I make your life better? That kind of thing. And I think that that part of it is good. How can I make your life better? That's a good thing. But if we're honest, if we're truly honest uh, you know, about how life is really going, we might scare some people. I might scare some people. But I believe that as Scripture tells us to bear one another's burdens, that that is important. But even in that, even in that, we can take all of it to our Lord. Hear my hands, Lord. Everything, this is what's going on, Lord, and it hurts. And I don't know what to do. I 
think that part of learning to lament is being okay with waiting for an answer. Being okay without having the answer. It's choosing to trust and believe that God is still good and He will answer in His time. His time is not our time. In a few days, we're flipping over a calendar to a new year and God's timing is different. God's timing is different. His ways are not our ways. And I know that God is not going to make everything happen the way that I would like precisely. And that is okay. Amen? That is okay. In fact, it's better. Because if I had my way, I would mess it all up. I know it. But I want to leave you, friends, with this promise from the Apostle Paul. As he writes in his letter to the Philippians, he's beginning his his letter... He says, I always thank my God in my prayers when I remember you. And he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will see it too, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friend, God is not finished with you. God is not finished with you. He has not forsaken you. And I believe with all of my heart that as long as you are on this earth, there is hope in Jesus. There is life in Jesus. There is freedom in Jesus. I want to close with prayer. And then I'll offer a blessing and and we'll... Leave from here, but I, I want us to take a few moments to pray. And as you're in here, would you just bow your heads and just find yourself in a spirit of prayer. And for those online, please take whatever posture of prayer you need. Friend, maybe... Let's face it, this year has been something else, right? But maybe today you need to just offer up a fresh prayer. Maybe you need to offer a new prayer to the Lord today. Maybe, it, maybe for some of you it's been a while since you've really had a chance to just sit Since you've had a chance to just say, God, here's what's going on. Here's what's in my hands. And maybe, maybe for someone who's listening this morning under the sound of my voice, maybe there is someone who is searching, who has been searching, and they've come to the end of their rope, and they're wondering, is Jesus who he says he is, friend? If that is you, Jesus is who He says He is. Jesus is. He is the Son of God. He is the hope of the world, the hope of all mankind. Jesus is Lord. 
And Jesus gave over his life to set us free from the captivity of sin. Not just yesterday, not just today, but tomorrow as well. He gave his life to forgive us of all of, all of our sins. And so, if you are searching this morning and if you're wondering if Jesus is Lord and if Jesus is the answer, friend, Jesus is the answer. He is absolutely, 100% the only answer. The only hope. The only hope that we have, friends, is Jesus. Everyone, every human will disappoint one another. It's just how it works. But Jesus will never disappoint. And so friend, if you're searching, if this morning you want to take this time to pray, if you want to take this time to finally offer up yourself and say, Lord, here I am. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I do trust and believe that you died to set me free from sin, to forgive me for my sins. And so, Lord, I pray that you will forgive me of my sins and for the ways in which I've walked away from you. God, forgive me. And even though I don't see the next step, I'm going to learn to trust you. Will you help me, Lord? Help me to learn to trust you. Friend, I believe with all of my heart, with everything that I am, that Jesus That if we ask, that if we seek, and if we knock, Jesus will open the door to us. And that friends, if there's anything that you lack, if you lack faith, if you lack hope, if you lack trust, if you lack anything, we can take it to God. There's even the scripture where he says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And so friends, as we go into this new year, even though it's kind of just symbolic and if it's, it's just really a date change, but, but we believe that His mercies are new every day. That friend, every day that we wake up and breathe the breath of life, there is a new chance for a fresh start. There is a new chance to be the light of the world and to spread the joy of Jesus. Amen. Every day is a new day to spread the joy of Jesus, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Friend, in 2020, have you been the hands and feet of Jesus? I know that I have failed. I know, Lord, that I've fallen short of being your hands and feet this year. God, would you make me a vessel 
Make me an offering. Jesus, make me whatever you want me to be. And God, in the, year, the days ahead, will you help me, Lord, help us to be instruments of your joy, of your peace, of your kindness, of your love. God, you are good. You are good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Your grace, Lord, is gift enough. It's more than enough. Amen. And amen. Friends, would you stand? I want to pray this prayer over you from the writer of Hebrews. Now, as we close out 2020, he doesn't write that. I'm just adding it. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Grace be with you. Grace shine around you. You are loved, friends. You are loved. See you next year. Thanks for joining us at Central Church today. If you'd like to get involved, please visit us at centralnazarene.org.